Welcome to Tech Bytes, a 15-minute podcast that covers the intersection of technology and business. Today's episode is sponsored by AppNeta, and we're going to discuss how companies can get performance visibility for end users now that so many of us are working from home and connecting over last-mile networks that IT has little visibility into or control over. Our guests are Seth Differ, he is Senior Manager, Solutions Consulting, and Alec Pinkham, Director, Product Marketing. Seth and Alec, welcome to the podcast. AppNeta provides visibility into network performance, so how do you get that data? Yeah, so we offer a single solution, AppNeta Performance Manager, and that combines passive visibility, so collecting flows, looking at packets, with the active monitoring side. And that's kind of the core of AppNetic technology, where we're looking at the network communications as well as the business critical apps. And that's you know bringing together things like route analysis, TCP, UDP, ICMP, BGP information, as well as doing uh, something called TruePath, which is a proprietary technology for us. Can I just dig into that there a little bit? Because we've talked about you in the past, and we, when we've spoken with you, you've been much more focused on your application performance monitoring. But now you're saying that you're also providing network performance. So you're actually, and when, when you say performance, you're just talking about packets going backwards and forwards and application flows and session times. You're actually saying you're going to monitor networking technology like the routing table to get visibility? So we were always a networking company, and we've obviously spoken about applications because that is the root of most problems. When you start talking about what are people having bad experiences with, it always starts with applications. But our root technology deals with actually sending packets over the network in order to get some kind of response, in order to monitor, measure, and identify essentially what the root cause is, wherever that may lie. Okay. All right. Now I got you. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about working from home. Uh, what are the biggest barriers to visibility when users are working from home? So generally, we see ownership as one barrier. Obviously, we've moved from kind of fully controlled IT environments in the office to home internet connections that are you know single best effort connections. And I think that ownership isn't going to change, right? We're, we're not going to start owning that, although some companies aren't starting to think about sending out Wi-Fi routers and things like that to mm. their employees. I think... The second and likely biggest part of this is really around the app delivery chain. And so, you know, how are users actually connecting to those business critical apps? And in order to talk to our customers and our prospects about this technology, we've actually looked at it in kind of four different error domains. So we look at the user domain, which is obviously in-home connections, Wi-Fi, the actual router itself. And then the last mile ISP domain, which is, you know, Seth can tell you is probably the number one thing he hears problems with. And then we've also kind of rolled in the transit domain for all that macro level networking and the app service provider. At the end of the day, you do have to answer the question, Hmm. is it an app or a network problem? I think an issue here that perhaps we don't talk about enough is that sometimes those apps aren't things that we own anymore. They might be SaaS apps run and administered, you don't own the server, you don't own the app, it's not inside your own network. You've got to get visibility in a funny sort of way in parts of the network that you don't own. Is that reasonable? Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing that we've seen is the requests for visibility into that last mile domain of like how that app is actually getting to the end user has been Mm. the number one problem as we've shifted to work from home. So I know Seth has actually looked at a lot of this from the, the prospect side and the data side. So maybe he can speak to that. Yeah, and as Alec mentioned, um, you know, really the the last mile on the the uh, home user network are the two domains. But uh, to your point, Greg, the application service provider is now some third party that's sitting out in the wild west somewhere, and and um, that's 
you know, certainly a, a large component, you know, of the troubleshooting uh, barrier that uh, the users have and, and really the IT teams have. So with the, the continuous monitoring uh, that we can provide, it, it will break down each of those four domains and, and help us identify which one of those is, is the fault and, and where that fault lies. Um, but I feel, you know, really the barriers have been shifting. It's not just technical um, barriers that we've been talking about with, with our users, but there's really a, a business barrier uh, that we've seen come up as well. You know, as you might suspect, you know, hearing about the user-related issues, my Zoom's acting poorly, my Teams is acting poorly, it's choppy. There's some other application that's slow and, you know, slows the new down. So people are pretty quick to, uh, to complain about that. But, um, you know, the, the other blind spot on the business side is, which I don't want to forget about, is the, the business owners, the managers, VP level, C-level people are wanting the validation for all of these updates that have been done since... February or March, you know, whenever people um, started going going home, uh, did the enhancements work? Can the end users be productive? And certainly the troubleshooting aspect, like I said, is, is part of it. But this is an important time where IT organizations can provide value to the businesses by letting them know that there isn't a dead end for their initiative that they had planned out early in the year. They can continue on as, as originally planned. Yeah, I think it's one of the aspects of working from home that I was chatting to somebody this week and they were saying, that they've got these users at home and there's no guarantee about what sort of bandwidth they've got. And some of them have even been sold high quality broadband for home. Like we, some people who work from home now are upgrading their broadband, but when you test it, you find out that they're actually getting stitched up or, uh, sorry, sorry. I meant uh, the broadband provider has made an error in provisioning, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. We've definitely seen that in the contact center use case specifically because we have a couple different strategies that are going on right there. We have either companies taking people off the phones because they've had bad performance, or we've actually seen uh, one of our kind of massive online retailer customers have actually started screening hires before they come into the, you know, the, the fold of the company to actually see what their bandwidth is and see what their huh. performance could be, especially if they're a customer facing you know, call center employee. Wow, so your barrier to getting a job is a, essentially a speed test on your home broadband connection? It could be. A, a speed you know, test and a trace route to understand the latency to that target, yeah. Wow. That's, that's not entirely unreasonable in a, you know, from the point of view of the company. If you're going to work from home, you have to have suitable premises. Do the working from home. And, Especially if some of these companies are looking at permanent work from home scenarios. And at the very least, people now have evidence to go and bash up their local council. <laughs> I mean, provider or both. <laughs> yeah, and we, we've seen different groups of uh, the work from home, uh, work from home first, uh, work from home only. Uh, a lot of companies going back to the office and, and really uh, within the work from home first group, uh, we found that they are defining, uh, here's how your your environment at home needs to be. You have your company mm. provided laptops. It has to be connected through the LAN port. You can't have your wireless on. Uh, they're recommending the connection sizes. They're also thinking about subsidizing maybe a dedicated link for the work from home users. So it's separate from the family internet connection where you know people might be streaming 4K. Uh, video services. And they're also making recommendations for the service providers in the area. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, in some ways, I feel like that is how it should be. If now my home broadband connection is part of my work, then maybe work needs to pay for it or make sure that I'm getting a suitable connection. It, yeah, exactly. We're working with a, a large medical service provider in New York, and they set this standard for their users, and they're also providing that dedicated link. Um, you know, the, the edge has been pushed out from the old brick and mortar uh, locations that we're all familiar with to the home. And, you know, th they've had success uh, in these areas, but 
uh, when they uh, want to start troubleshooting these connections, they want some sort of baseline understanding about what that environment looks like. And they're not pulling their hair out trying to figure out if, you know, if they're users connected to their neighbor's wireless, uh, yeah. are they on their home connection, things of that nature. And it's, it's also important to be able to have evidence to go to your broadband provider and say, this isn't working. You're not meeting your commitments to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have cold, hard evidence from a viable source, instead of like, I done a ping and it doesn't work after a 10 minute Google search, you know, it's got something, that's a, it's an interesting byproduct. So I guess, um, and that's got real value back into the business because if your employees are having problems delivering service, then at least they can decide what the next step will be. Now, hopefully that's, you know, engaging with the person to get the problem solved, but not worse, something bad. But on the flip side is the company might not exist if it's not able to sell products to service, you know, sell, do the work. Uh, and and having that evidence, I think, is the key. Yeah, exactly. For a, a, a lot of the troubleshooting engagements that we get into, uh, you know, having that hard evidence and the actionable detail to take it back to the ISP, you know, we don't want to start the blame game because no one wins in that scenario. But if we can have that actionable detail so they can take it back to the ISP, it also helps uh, the user understand that the IT organization has visibility into this environment and they're not you know, floundering in the water somewhere. Um, but the, the, they're able to take that information back to their ISP. The ISP is typically more receptive um, to that. And, uh, you know, and they can start that conversation rather than saying, did you restart your computer? Um, you know, yeah. restart your router, things <laughs> yeah. like that. Let's, let's, let's move That's down right. the line a little bit further and, and get this over with faster. So. Can I ask very quickly, uh, how are you instrumenting to, to get this network performance info? Are, are you dropping an agent right onto the end user's uh, laptop or is there some other mechanism? Yeah, we have a software agent that can run on Windows or a, a MacBook, uh, and it's just a lightweight service that runs. Uh, it's um, not taking up a lot of CPU resources, not taking up a lot of that um, critical overhead uh, for the, the network connectivity. You know, we certainly don't want to flood the network and you know be part of the problem. Hmm. Um, so we're just sending lightweight traffic out, and typically our customers will pick a, a small handful of their critical apps. You don't have to boil the ocean and monitor everything, you just pick, uh, you know, maybe a connection through the VPN and then a connection through the split tunnel that's going out over the ISP. So we can look at the underlay uh, out to the internet and we're just continuously sending those packets and, um, and understanding uh, what the latency and the loss and the capacity validations are uh, for those, those uh, home internet connections. Okay. So I know we're talking about work from home, but uh, at least in some parts of the country, folks are starting to uh, embrace kind of a hybrid approach, some days at home, some days back in an office. Uh, how are, what are the issues? How does that start to change now if I'm working in a hybrid environment? Yes, we're definitely seeing that kind of floating percentage of people that are either not going to go to the office or maybe a little bit more flexible than they were before, right? Enterprises probably before this, we're looking very negatively on work from home and now have seen over six or so months that it works and it is possible. I think for IT, that means that you actually can't just shift your focus back to the enterprise where you're going to have essentially all the connections that you used to with, you know, over SD-WAN or enterprise grade connections. We're now talking about managing both the work from home side and the in-office. And that's a ton of data that you now have to parse through to not only understand where a user is, but hey, if they're at home, what what ISP are they using? Where are they physically? And as things open back up, are they at a coffee shop or are they at home? You know, the age-old problem of that. But I think one of the questions that Seth might be better handled to tackle here is how do I best use that data once you have it all together? Yeah, and the best use for that data breaks out into uh, two areas again. 
what we've talked about with the technical aspect, identifying where the user's at, identifying what network they're connecting to, their end-to-end performance, but then the other aspect of that data is, uh, data resolution is, you know, how do we present this to the business in a single dashboard or a single report for management so then they can continue to make their decisions to drive the business forward in this, you know, uncertain time uh, that we're in. So, you know, it's a, a, a wide mix of uh, information that we're collecting because we have both enterprise agents running that are collecting our deeper level packet analysis where we have our remote users uh, with the work from home agents deployed that are collecting information from the workstation itself. So how can we uh, uh, surface the most critical events faster and uh, and present mm. that information to who it needs to go to? And I wanted to quickly ask about, uh, I just want to take a diversion here into the technology a little bit because your true path technology looks a little bit unique because you're not just um, sending a ping or simulating a transaction, you're actually doing something a little bit more sophisticated. Would it be okay if we just dive into how that works a little bit so people can understand that you're, you know, it's not just an open source tool sending using some curl scripts or, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right there. Uh, we're not sending just a typical ping and a trace route. And we're also, you know, not doing something like hyper, you know, flooding the link, for example. So we, we send about 60 packets a minute or so. It's a, a very small amount of continuous traffic. And we know some defined attributes about the packets when they're sent, the time they're sent, the space of the packets, the size of the packets. Really what we're interested in are the return values. And then we can compare and contrast the send versus receive. But the, the nice thing about the, the solution is it's not required to have something from AppNeta instrumented at the target. So earlier on, mm-hmm. Greg, you had asked about the application service provider. Great, yeah. if we need to target Google services or Microsoft services, that's great. We can uh, certainly you know, take those key URLs into account and uh, continuously monitor out to any either managed infrastructure or unmanaged infrastructure in the, uh, the ever-changing environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the interesting part here is you're not just you know, sending a packet flood, which can disrupt who's ever using it. So sometimes you're stuck to doing that on a Saturday when no one's around. And of course, that's not a very accurate time for testing if the network's over, you know, if your MPLS provider is overloaded. Uh, during the week or something like that. Uh, so yeah. it is an easy, it's probably, if, if people are interested in understanding the difference, hit up on the website, you've got a nice little description of how it works. Um, and, and of course, you can, you know, bother the AppNeta people. I'm sure they'd love to tell you the story. I'd be happy to talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that about wraps up the time we have today with AppNeta. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a sponsor. If folks want to find out more, where should they go? Yeah, of course. So for news or updates on AppNeta. You can go to appneta.com slash blog or at AppNeta on Twitter. And of course, you can always find us uh, listeners here for appneta.com slash packet pushers. Fantastic. Thanks, Seth and Alec, for joining us. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. Follow us on Twitter. That's at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.